0: Rockheads, stop playing that new Monday's episode to your boss and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the Internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number three twenty one with guest Tim Huckabee, recorded live Tuesday, February 12, thousand eight. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. The leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who doesn't have a brother who works at Yahoo, Carl Franklin.
2: Yes, it's .NET Rocks. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Carl Franklin here. Richard Campbell, of course. Hi, Richard. And we're headed for mix.
1: We are. Both of us, we're probably there right now. Probably are. No, we're not there now. We're we're en route. We're en route. I imagine. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know the other conferences coming up? We should talk about lots of them. I was thinking about Dev Teach in Toronto, mm-hmm. May twelfth, the week of May twelfth. Yep. Yeah. Always a fun time. And we're going to be there, and it's the first time they've ever done it in Toronto. So that's right, I isn't it? To be a smash hit. There's lots of people in Toronto. In fact, I just got back from the Toronto Code Camp. How'd that go? It was 400 people. It was one of the biggest code camps I've ever seen, and just a huge amount of people. During the Vista launch, we went to Toronto, and that was the biggest crowd we had in Canada, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was like 4,000 people. Yeah.
2: Uh, Before we get to the Better Know Framework, I have a little announcement from our friend Brian Kuhn at Argotic. Oh, yeah. You know Brian. He's uh, been working on this uh, fantastic RSS aggregation library. And uh, he wants me to do this shout-out for him. So it, it, it's, I'm just going to read it. Interested in joining an open-source software project that provides cutting-edge web content syndication capabilities and giving back to the .NET community? Hmm. The Argotic Syndication Framework Project is currently looking for developers, testers, and documentation writers. Those interested in becoming a contributor can uh, contact the project coordinator at shrinkster.com slash VI1. That's V as in Victor, I as in Igloo, and one. And more information about the project can be found at codeplex.com slash argotic, A-R-G-O-T-I-C. So uh, he's looking for people. Apparently, and I can't disclose what, but he's got some really high-profile companies using his stuff now. Nice. Yeah,
1: so he's kicking it up to the next level. Uh, He's got some cool software there. Very cool. All
2: right, let's get right to Better Know Framework.
1: All right, sir, what do you got for me?
2: Well, what I got is um, a really fundamental class in the the framework as far as the framework goes. It's called the App Domain. Oh. Yeah, the Application Domain is uh, conceptually what it is, is it's a context in which your .NET application runs. Now hear me out here. We all know about the process. Okay. If you've got windows and you've ever had to shut down an application, you know, you have to find its process and close the process, right? Right. The process is a protected environment where an application runs in its own space and processes generally can't just step on each other. That's what the OS does. It separates uh, applications that run out in different processes. Right within that process, you can have multiple application, multiple .NET applications, and they need their own context within the within the uh, context of the CLR. Right, they need their own context within that process in order to run, and that's what the app domain does. It's sort of like a software process just for. Uh, a .NET application. So you can load, mul- when you load multiple .NET applications in a single process, which you can, you have to, they have to have their own, each has their own application domain, their own app domain. Right. So the application domain has all sorts of great features for loading and unloading assemblies and things like that, which we'll get into on Thursday. But uh, check it out. An, an older show um, that Rocky Lotka did with us on app domains and remoting Um is more uh, informational if you want to know what that's all about. So there you go. The app domain
1: class is today's class. Cool. All right, sir. I have an email for you. All right, let's go. It's uh thank you from a new listener. Hi Richard and Carl, just wanted to drop you a quick note to thank you guys for the shows. I started listening at the start of the year, and as a commitment to myself to get up to speed on new features, as I've been programming since nineteen ninety one via Clipper, FoxPro, Visual FoxPro, Visual Basic, ASP, and VB .net, but I only managed to finally escape from VB six last year. Wow! Ouch! Ouch! Is right. I have found lots of inspiration from the shows and now have, for example, introduced an integrity check program to give me a heads up of any errors, thanks to Richie for the tip, invested a fair amount of time in reflection and inheritance, which has resulted in being able to tidy up the code and delete vast chunks of it. It's amazing how therapeutic it is to be able to delete method after method, and created a whiz-bang flashy demo to impress the directors into commissioning a new project for which I'm going to propose we go into WPF. Wish me luck, guys. I still find snap lines impossible to use compared to grids in Windows Forms design. <laughs> Keep up the good work, and thanks again. Kind regards, Rob Blackmore. You'll get used to it, Rob. <laughs> get used to the not really knowing what the heck we're doing. I'll get used to the snap lines. Ah, uh, okay. Head. Well, yeah. Thanks, Rob. And it's always good to have a new listener, but I like hearing from the old listeners too. So yep. if you've got something to say, you want a question, or Send us some kudos or criticism or somebody we haven't brought on the show yet. Send us an rocks at Franklins.net.
2: And with that, Richard, let's introduce Tim Huckabee. Tim Huckabee, the man who needs no introduction, the man who believed in this show from the very beginning, thinks we ought to compete with Letterman and all of that. He is a developer. He is a keynoter at tech eds around the world. He is an author. He is a business owner, consultant, the man, the legend. He's also running for president of the United States. Did you know that, Richard? <laughs>
1: I did. How he's are He's bitter,
3: you? he's little, he's fat, <laughs> he's old. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, uh, Mike Huckabee is a relative. You've, You've got he really? to be kidding me. Yeah. There's three spellings of the Huckabee name, and there's this family tree thing that my family did um, so, um, yeah, he's a relative somehow. That's, that's not as interesting, though, as all the Huckabees I know are all Democrats. Yeah. So they'd rather die than vote for him.
4: Hmm.
2: So, hmm. there's, there's your political insight from me today. How is, the, how is he
1: related? Cousin of some kind? I don't know. Yeah. I, near as I can tell, the only thing he has in common is low altitude. <laughs> are you gonna sit there and take are you gonna stand there and
2: take that
4: <laughs> yes
3: <laughs> thank you sir i have another
1: oh man <laughs> you're no fun anymore tim
2: uh. <laughs> so you're at uh office devcon right now right
3: yes sir yeah san jose california now, Gates blew in yesterday and and did his keynote on his you know one of his his many keynotes on his farewell tour. Yeah, and he was actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was um, he was engaging and and uh, you know he didn't he didn't speak for three hours. It was kind of compact. It didn't run late like the keynotes
2: some sometimes do. Maybe now that the pressure is off, he feels a little more comfortable.
3: Yeah, yeah, he talked about the foundation and, and uh, what they're going to be doing. And then, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's on the internet, but the, Microsoft filmed this um, this video, his retirement video. Have you seen this?
1: Oh, yeah, no. I've seen it. It's it's hilarious. It
3: is They edited it, and it, it, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I mean, they've got the who's who of the world doing this Bill Gates retirement video. It's wow. so funny. Wow. Hillary Clinton, for God's
1: sakes! Is it on YouTube?
3: Yeah, I believe it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean they did a new cut of it yesterday, but um, <laughs> the original version is out there.
1: I just can't believe, it. and they got him playing a Wii, right, or Guitar Hero. Anyway, they thought the Wii yeah. on Guitar Hero, but
3: and he calls Bono from U2. yeah, <laughs> and and uh, it is so funny. It's, it's one of the best Microsoft videos I've seen.
4: Wow.
2: Yeah. So what else is happening there now? Did did you participate in any of the of the of the talks or the keynotes?
3: I did a session, and then uh, internology. Uh, it just so happened, you know, it's kind of coincidence, but we had two of the big demos in the keynotes. One was a pure technology demo that we built for Microsoft. It's like the the what's what of bleeding edge. It it has it all. Uh, Visto three. Uh, Silverlight, WPF, Windows Workflow, WCF—it's this end-to-end, pretty cool OBA Office Business Application demo type thing, and mm. and our good friend Jay Schmelzer did a great job demoing that. Awesome. In the in the Kurt uh, DelPenny keynote, he's he's the big senior exec VP guy on the Office side, and then in the Gates keynote, uh, we built we helped FedEx build a piece of totally sweet really cool software Hmm. where basically you manage all your shipping and tracking of packages in office like in word and things like that and the, the cio guy from fedex is a really nice guy um he he demoed that so yeah we had those two keynote demos and then uh bill sheldon from internology has like three sessions and uh you know my modus operandi right i i do a session on the first day and, and mm-hmm. then just play all week long. Right. So I did a um I forget what the trendy title they gave it, but it's I did a Visto WCF WPF session.
2: Building it office w- applications with WPF and WCF? Yeah, something like that. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> well no, <laughs> you're talking points. I'm just reading them. Yeah, you're, 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 you're
3: asking me the question, like, I designed this session, and, and you know, I had some great insight on it, when right. in reality, these, these folks, we do a lot of work for the Visto team, and these folks asked me, like, nine months ago to speak at the conference to submit abstracts, and you guys are familiar with this process, so I did, mm-hmm. and I submitted, I don't know, like, six session ideas, and they must have hated every one of them, because I got this email, like, congratulations for agreeing to do the session, you know, building OBAs with WCF and WPF. And I, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I didn't even know you could do that at the time. <laughs> so I called, do you guys know Steve Fox from the Visto team? He's now in DPE. He's a great guy. And if you haven't had him on DNR yet, you should have him. He's awesome. He's the guy. Um, not only is he super smart, great presenter, uh, great developer, but he's the um, coach of the Microsoft hockey team. He's an ex-hockey player. Hmm. You, you know so all the must stories about hmm. Brian Valentine and Microsoft kicking son's ass in hockey and all that? That's him. Wow. Yeah, he has great stories. Get him on the show. He's, he's awesome. In, in any event, what, why the hell did I bring up Steve? <laughs> oh, Steve tells me uh, he dreamed up this session. I said, well, okay, cool. Can you give me the abstract for it? He goes... No, you're going to do that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just I gave you the title. Oh, you get
3: a title.
1: Figure out the rest. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, I get a title, and that's it, Steve. And he goes, yeah, just figure it out. I'm like, okay. But uh in all honesty, I had a total blast. You know, <laughs> for the last six months, I've been dinking around building demos in the middle of the night for this session, and I have some totally sweet demos. I mean, seeing a, a really beautiful WPF control living in office, it, it's like, you know, Seeing a, a a lion with a panda's head. You totally double-take this stuff. So uh, here's, here's another guy I know you've had on the show. Brian Noyes gave me a WCF service that serves up music. This is kind of hard to explain, mm-hmm. this demo. Mm-hmm um but i'm going to have to right cuz you can't see it but so brian noyes gave me this wcf service that he built and and basically built a tool that like greps his hard drive for all the music he has mm-hmm. and then goes out calls an amazon web service and grabs the album art right okay right sounds like, kinda cool if you're if you're one of those people that are totally into the music you own you know, kind of cool. So, so he builds this SQL database and he exposes this in a WCF service. So technically, you can talk it, talk to it in HTTP or a number of different protocols. And great demo type thing, right? So I snap that bad boy into a WPF user control, which is living in a Word document, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm consuming this WCF service and I'm I've, I populate this combo box with all the albums. And you click on you know one of the albums that, and you click insert in this beautiful WPF user control, which by the way I have zero design skills. One of the the things you learn right off in WPF is you steal other people's artwork, <laughs> and there's tons of WPF styles out there on the internet. So it's got beautiful look and feel, and you click insert, and it inserts all the metrics of the album, the name, you know, the band, the artist, uh, the 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 um, the record label and then the album art and it starts inserting these things in a word document and it's of course it's all animated and beautiful it's a totally useless demo from a business perspective but absolutely technically one of the coolest things in the world so i did that yesterday and uh the crowd went wild of course of course yeah
2: Hey, I want to invite you to the 6th Annual Microsoft Financial Services Developer Conference being held at the Marriott Marquis in New York City, March 12th and 13th, Uh, coming right up here. Now in its 6th year, the conference is an excellent opportunity for developers to gain insights into the latest and upcoming Microsoft technology and solutions as they relate to the financial services industry, with this year's theme being a focus on high-performance computing. Attendees will be hearing from presenters across a wide spectrum of organizations, including Microsoft product managers, key partners, and industry peers. In addition, Microsoft is hosting the second annual Windows in Financial Services Developer Innovator Awards as they recognize industry-leading solutions leveraging the Microsoft development platform. In honor of National Women's History Month in March, they'll be celebrating the accomplishments of female leaders and pioneers in financial services and technology via a live panel with their 2008 Women Leaders of Wall Street. Register today by going to shrinkster.com slash VDK. Did you go one step further and embed the metadata and the pictures into the MP3 files? No i don 't screw with the
3: MPP, MP the actual music itself just in brian 's database. he has just the information about it uh. oh, and actually on stage, I exposed a bug in w p f that is so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Was it intentional? That's the question.: No, 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 it wasn't intentional. Oh. And you You guys will love this because you've you've been through this before, you're up on stage, and some all hell breaks loose, and you're just staring at it, going like, "Oh my God, what the hell just happened?"
4: right
3: so here here's what it is, and here's why I never saw this bug before. This combo box, uh you know, say you have an, an album and an artist, and it's really long, you know, big, long string. Well, I never saw this bug because in, in my normal computer resolution, uh it the the text doesn't spill over into word. Right. So here's the bug. Because the video equipment mm. only can project at ten by seven right. uh when you drop down the combo box that <laughs> a big long string, you know. All right, what's a what's a big long album? I can't think of one off the off the top of my head right now. But anyways, it bleeds over on top of the Word document, and if you click it there, it's like it doesn't exist. You click right through it into the Word document. Oh, just a nasty bug in WPF. and it took me forever to figure it out. Well, you know, it, it, you, ten seconds is an eternity on stage, right? Yes, so With your eyes open. Ten opened. seconds. Of as I'm staring at trying to figure out what the hell's happening because I'm clicking and nothing's happening. It's not selecting the item in the combo box, and of course, people in the audience are screaming out ridiculous solutions. You know, like edit configsys, and you know, (laughs) (laughs)
2: like that. Are you sure it wasn't several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with (laughs) a (laughs) picked? What? Never heard that song. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that song by Pink Floyd.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Several yeah, species
2: yeah. of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict.
3: Yeah, so so that would be a good example of how to repro this bug in WPS <laughs> in their combo box control. <laughs> Yeah, so I seven. did that session. It was the first time I've done it, and uh, it's a really fun session because the demos are just so damn good. And at this particular conference, we got the mandate, which is like a blessing from on high. We got the mandate that said, "Very little PowerPoint, please, just demo, demo, demo." Awesome. Which, which is of course, you know, a lot easier than talking at PowerPoint slides. Right. So yeah, it was pretty fun. But I'm done.
4: Yep.
2: How do you get the these uh, gigs, conference man. is going
3: on and I'm done. How do you get these gigs? Uh the product teams asked me.
2: Yeah. So sucking up basically. How do
3: you get these <laughs> gigs? What are you talk about? You guys speak more than I do. You guys are oh, professional well, you know, conference guys.
2: Key- keynotes uh, are a different thing. I mean, you gotta have well, you know, charm, you know. That's something that uh you have quite a lot of.
3: Oh, thank you, you know. very little, Carl. I know
2: you're, you're trying to mock you're me. You're welcome, not at all. Yeah. <laughs>
3: The the keynote demos. If you have a good customer, you know, and a compelling technology story, yeah. that the folks in Redmond find out, you know, yeah. it it bubbles up from the Microsoft account management. So if we have another keynote demo in the launch coming up in the Visual Studio 2008 launch. SQL and what else are they shipping? Windows Server 2008, and that's for the San Diego Zoo, and it is. The absolutely most cool Silverlight 2.0 app you'll ever see. Wow. It is so sweet.
2: Do you know the perfect formula for building and managing websites? Follow me here. Zero effort plus Sitefinity CMS equals infinity in website development. That's right, Telerik challenges you to explore its innovative Sitefinity content management system and offers you a chance to win a sleek Zune MP3 player or a Sitefinity license. These cool awards could be yours if you only answer a few easy questions about Telerik Sitefinity CMS. All you have to do is watch five short movies and see how easy it is to build infinitely beautiful websites with zero effort. You'll learn some cool facts about Sitefinity and the effortless creation of websites. So go to www.sitefinity.com and give it a try. It's fun, it's interesting, and it can get you a free license or a free Zoom.
1: Now, I'm starting to appreciate that Silverlight 2.0 apps can be virtually anything. What's yours? This
3: is, uh, this is, you're a consumer, so it runs on their public site or when it goes live. You know, Silverlight 2.0 is, is so far away right now, and really, God, we, we really need it now. You know what I mean? It would be just kicking Flash's ass right now if it were out. So, that's the bummer about Silverlight 2.0. We have to wait a few more months. Hopefully, not a significant amount of months before it ships. But, uh, this is, you go to the Zoos Public website, and whether you buy tickets online or not doesn't matter. And you, this is a tool for the visitors to the zoo, the consumers, the tourists, or whatever we call these people, to make their zoo experience better. And it, uh, you essentially answer some questions in a wizard. Like, what are the animal exhibits you absolutely have to see? Well, I have to see the pandas, of course, because San Diego Zoo is famous for the pandas. And I don't know, I like reptiles. And you, you click off a bunch of animals, and it's this beautifully animated, um, image of the zoo property and then you answer other questions like you know i'm a vegetarian or i want to eat at this time and i'm going to be fair be that the zoo from x to x and and it it does all this business intelligence to map a route of the zoo's property because if you've been to the san diego zoo you know you can't cover the whole thing in one day it's
2: huge can you put a panda's head on a lion's body for example (laughs) <laughs>
3: you liked that metaphor, didn't
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up for you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were describing the features of your <laughs> Silverlight 2.0 program. That would <laughs> be really cool if you could just yeah. drag and drop, you know, heads and
3: bodies and stuff. Well, I'll I'll put that on the feature list, which is a mile long, of course. Mm. Um, so uh, where was I going with this? Oh, oh, so it, it outputs a number of things, right? Inputs and outputs. So you've got this beautiful route, and, and it takes things into considera- consideration like, well, the best time to see the pandas is 3 p.m. because that's when they're fed. Hmm. And you don't want to see the giraffes at 8 a.m. because, I don't know, it's right close to the front of that's the zoo. That's when they and... mate. <laughs> it's all back to the penis with you always, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> well, there's nothing about mating in the application, but I'll add that as a, as a feature. mean, well, I mean, too, I'm thinking
2: like. of things I wouldn't want to see at the San Diego Zoo and two giraffes mating pretty much is at the top of the list. Oh,
3: you'd be surprised. <laughs> weren't you, Richard, weren't you with me in Malaysia when those elephants were going out? Oh, act? yeah.
1: We were there. Yeah, that was yeah. beautiful. Very. That elegant. was actually
3: quite entertaining, Carl, so don't downplay the mating thing. All right, where was I going with the zoo thing? Oh, so it outputs a document that it has uh, things called dad facts. And a dad fact is, you know, you've got this... This 40-page document, and you're following your route around the zoo, and you're standing in front of the flamingos, and it said, did you know flamingos are pink? Because the only thing they eat is shrimp. So I turn to my 12-year-old and say, hey, Mark, did you know flamingos are pink? Because they only eat shrimp. And, you know, he says something with disdain to me, like, I don't care, Dad, or something like that. But, the, <laughs> but
1: you get the gist. Right? <laughs> but it's true. That's why flamingos are pink. Yeah. Dad, you're so weird, <laughs> so
3: uh there's tons of animations in it. there's video ultimately, we're gonna integrate um live uh a bunch of live services like have you heard about Photosynth and microsoft research it It stitches pictures together,
4: yeah, yep, it is
3: so sweet. Is They're sweet. not ready to you know go public yet but they'll probably end up in live in, like, six months or so. But you can, so that you you can experience back. that now.
1: They have a yeah, you,
3: can, you can play with their little demo app, but we want to integrate it into the zoo's application. So, I All don't right. know, say you take a picture of a panda and, and some other people, and there's this community on the site, and it's stitching together, like, 3D virtual images of the zoo's exhibits, and it's going to be totally sweet. Oh, and mm. I should give a... a uh, some credit where credit is due. Uh, the reason we can get this thing done in Silverlight 2.0, which is so alpha and mm. so broken
4: mm.
3: right now, um, and, and we, you know, in a project like this, you got to get practically get daily builds, and we have to, we have to beg the, the Silverlight team for builds and things like that. But the reason we could get it done is because we're using Telerik's controls. Really? Teler- yeah. Telerik is working... Uh, very closely with us and the Silverlight team, um, and, and so their pain is even more intense, right? Because their, they're, you know, their stuff is breaking every day by the daily builds that Microsoft's putting out. But um, their investment in pain is going to pay off in spades when they ship, basically, at the same time as Silverlight 2.0. Wow,
2: that is so cool.
3: Oh, it's going to be sweet because you're, you're, if you're going to do Silverlight 2.0, you're absolutely going to have to have their stuff. It, it's just too hard. <laughs> it's too, yeah. you know, Mort, Mort needs controls. Yep. And designers.
2: Hell Richard and I need controls.
3: Man. Well, yeah, me too. I'm Mort. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't want to build this stuff from scratch. I have other things to do.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So we've been just having a blast with the stuff that, uh, Telerik has given us and yeah, it's, it's a pretty darn fun project
2: so what you've obviously been reading the news and following the the Microsoft's acquisitions lately they've been in buying mode in the last month or so, or at least try to buy mode what uh, what's your take on the whole yahoo thing
3: well you- know, you know I'm not a stock guy and such but i you know these these giant mergers in technology intrigue me and and that's uh, that's a loaded question because you guys know my brother and and uh, he works at Yahoo and, and not only does he work at Yahoo he works in their M and A department uh, mergers and acquisitions.
1: Yeah, mm. right. He, so so he was involved in like Delicious and Flickr. Yeah, and oh like yeah, that. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, mm. there's stuff he can't tell me clearly working mm. for their legal department. Wow. And I, I saw him. I was at his house last night because he lives up here in San Jose. And he uh, so I'm giving him shit about you know becoming a Microsoft employee and such and. Uh, and i've been telling him you know it, it seems like such a a good marriage to compete with that that big g company up north yeah uh well for for you guys down south but uh <laughs> it, it, it it seems like such a great merger and i've been nagging him for a couple of years about it like god what what if microsoft and yahoo got together cuz i mean yahoo owns the internet they they own some of the spaces that stuff you would wouldn't even dream of like they own something like 80% of Internet dating. You know, those companies like Match.com and the other one that's so annoying that runs on Java. eHarmony. Uh, E-Harmony are insignificant compared to Yahoo dating. And Yahoo stores owns a, a huge percentage of the e-commerce, you know, simple e-commerce market on the Internet and all this stuff. But anyways, my brother sums it up by saying, yeah, well, I've got, you know, six to nine months to make this deal happen. If the boards approve it, and then I'll be fired.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's,
3: he's, he's not really looking uh, favorably on uh, the merger. And, um, you know, from an inside perspective, some of the stuff he tells me is kind of depressing. Like this week, he says it's an
1: absolute morgue at Yahoo. Well, I got to I mean, think, their cultures are so different, or at least are perceived to be different.
3: Uh, yeah, they're very entrepreneurial apple like they have this camp this cafeteria on their campus i haven't seen it i wish i could like i only have what my brother's described to me and it's like big screen TVs everywhere and all these games and 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 it's just like this great party place and everyone congregates there every day and and uh, that that's very not like microsoft of course and microsoft yeah. is you know, a big behemoth Fortune 500 these days and sometimes has has uh, trouble reacting, you know, quickly. Um, so, yeah, that, I'd hate to mish those cultures together. You know, here, here's another thing I noticed. I don't know if you guys noticed this when you read the press. Uh, Balmer said, well, if we do, when we do this acquisition, we're going to save $1.2 billion immediately.
4: Really? And, he, and
3: he just left the statement like that. Really? Now, to me, that says, I'm going to fire everybody at MSN.
1: Hmm. That, that's the way. That's, Does that's that up to I read that from much that. money? can't possibly. Oh, God, you think? <laughs> I don't know. I'm almost afraid to know.
3: But how do you save that much money by doing a merger?
1: Yeah. Well, Somebody's got to be fired. Yeah, there's definitely some jobs gone. Is it the consolidation of search materials? Uh, Richard, you could speculate better
3: than me, but... MSN and Yahoo do things, you know, they are competitive in many spots. Yeah. it's
1: yeah, wow. a very and interesting thing. It's it. amazing that he would leave a, an egg like that laying there. Mm. Because it that is, you know, as much as it's easy to talk, you know, $46 billion, da-da-da-da-da. $1.6 billion is a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Like, even in salaries, it's just not easy to get to that number that big. Yeah,
2: I'm still trying to think of how that adds up.
1: So yeah, yeah like,
3: I, like I it don't maybe know. it I... includes capital equipment. I mean, maybe they're gonna you know close down those big data centers that are in Bellevue or wherever the hell they are. It still
1: isn't close enough to the number. That's a data center is not even a hundred million dollars. Is there still dial-up service through MSN or Yahoo?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they be saving money? I on think modems? that's in the wizard when you run Windows for the first time. The
1: setup, you know, yeah. you get offered to get MSN over dial-up. But getting over the, the initial hurdle here, I, the next question is, will the FTC allow it?
3: Well, yeah, I, you know, of course we don't know. We could just speculate. But since the G company seems to dominate, yes. I, I doubt the DOJ is going to care. But who knows? It Really, the big hurdle now is the Yahoo board approving it. And Yahoo's not making money.
1: No, no, it's they're true. They're a
3: huge company, and they're hemorrhaging money right now, supposedly. You know, I'm just going on
2: what I'm reading for that I this. thought it was funny that the G company was crying, you know, at, to the FTC.
1: Yeah, this isn't going to be good for the industry. Yeah. And, and, and of course, yeah. Hello, aren't guess- you a
2: monopoly on search,
1: you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, they, they like making money as much as
2: Microsoft does. Sure. Sure.
3: So they're gonna whine. Yeah, <laughs> they're I gonna whine like, like every,
2: anybody
1: else. <laughs> I just like how everybody has ethics when it's convenient, you know. But I, I also think <laughs> now that the 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 rib the, now that the, the rabbit's out of the hat. Okay, now that they've said we want to acquire Yahoo, is it almost inevitable now? Like the harm is done. Yahoo's culture's got an impact. Like you said, it was like a morgue there. So already, I'm wondering. It's almost like you can't undo it if If the deal doesn't go ahead, Yahoo's harmed, like their value's even lower, so the prospect that Microsoft's making where they're going to go directly to the shareholders now. how are they
3: harmed well no i I think what he's saying is that you know their their culture their their employee morale has been permanently damaged
2: but that permanently really
3: well, I mean if know, it doesn't
2: go through, they're back to business as usual, party time again.
3: Well, in in all actuality though, I believe they had already planned layoffs. Right. Before this this rumor of acquisition. I see.
1: Yeah, but it, so think you're you're a, you're a, a real serious talent inside of Yahoo, right? You're a you're a mover and shaker kind of guy, and this proposal sort of crosses the desk. It's out there. Now Don't you, know you dust off your resume yeah. immediately and find, go for safe haven? Right. Now you know they're thinking of cutting jobs one way or another. They're
2: losing money. They need to do something. That means your job is at risk.
3: It's such a great company. I hope you're not right. You know, Yahoo is a fantastic company. But, yeah, I I can understand the morale being a little low.
2: Yahoo.net. Won't that be fun? (laughs) Yahoo.net services. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That'll be fun. Yahoo WCF service brokers. Hmm. Tim, do you have any uh you know, every time you come on the show you got a great story of something that happens to you, uh, in your many travels and your many interactions with people in Redmond and, and whatnot. Do you have anything, uh any funny anecdotes to share today? Funny anecdotes
3: that are I had to think about that, Carl. Can we get back to that? Funny right. anecdotes that aren't, you know, completely offensive or, or
4: so it's got to be special. Feel free to you know, ruin your
2: career on our show. That would be perfectly but, fine with well, me. Well,
3: didn't I? Didn't I do that? Uh, yeah, I did. It was on your show where I did the, all the f words to so that little producer on the Bill Gates keynote. Oh yes, yeah, we yeah, beeped yeah. those. It <laughs> <laughs> was
1: one of our best beeping jobs ever.
3: You it was know, a good in all bleep honesty, job. I never heard what you guys did with it. I didn't listen to myself on your show. Yes, it was. Uh, but people told me it was pretty funny. It oh was yeah,
1: funny. Yeah.
3: Um, so let me get back. I'll think of something. All
1: right. VSTO 2008. I really haven't seen much on this. It's now incorporated as part of Studio, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Visto's now part of the box. They're part of the team. They're working with Office. You, you, you got to appreciate how difficult it is for this tiny little team in Microsoft and what they've done. Because let's face it, the Office object model is a black box nightmare. Right, and, and oh, what it's they've a
4: beast.
3: done? Yeah. Oh, Outlook itself is such a monster. It's scary to build Outlook plugins, um, which is a story in itself. But uh, <laughs> so you got to appreciate what these guys have done. They've exposed this stuff to us .dot NET developers. Um, I personally, and and they're like, you know, they've. I bet their feature list is a mile long because <laughs> there's so much more they can do. There's two basic. Uh, project types in Visto there's a document centric solution meaning the assembly is tied to the document itself you open the document it runs a .NET assembly and it might you know shove a WPF user control into that task pane thing and you have some functionality or it might you know dig some data out of SQL or Oracle and populate an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. But there's document-based solutions. And then there's add-ins. And add-ins have always been a pain in the butt to do. And and uh, so just, you know, having the capability to do it in .NET is a godsend. So here's my problem, though, that uh, they've done a great job of add-ins and covering the Office stack. I mean, you can, I've built some demos for Visio and PowerPoint that are pretty damn compelling. You know, pretty cool. They've got it all, uh, except for one note they don't have covered yet, and uh, oh, there's something else in the office deck that they don't have covered. But you know, Word, Excel, that you name it. In document-centric solutions, they don't have PowerPoint and they don't have Visio. They have Word and Excel, so it's just kind of a drag. Because I, I, I mean, I can think of some totally compelling applications that you'd run. You know, you'd open a PowerPoint. and it would automatically run the assembly and dig a bunch of data, real-time data, and do like an executive presentation with real data, live data. I I could think of a million ways to to do that. And unfortunately, we don't have that yet, but of course, it's on their list. Uh, And uh, you'd be shocked at how easy it is to build these apps because it's .NET, because you get all the goodness of Office. Some of the, the demos I did, you know, I built... Let's see, I think I built two or three just from scratch demos on stage yesterday, and I could see people's mouths, like, wide open, like, holy <laughs> shit. I, did, I had no idea you could do that.
1: Hmm. So it's pretty cool. I like it. Well, and I just think VSTO's gotten a lot of disrespect, which is not really their fault, uh, just because of the challenges around the model and so forth. So this version, I think... Finally, we're getting the bits together that are going to make a difference. Yeah, um, yeah, totally agree, Richard. I also wonder if it isn't because of the CRM offerings that Microsoft now has working against Outlook and so forth, that because they're eating their own dog food, they've really driven up the quality of the product.
4: Yeah,
3: they, they have some other challenges which are not really their fault either. And uh, I tell a story to audiences about Carl all the time. Really? Like, <laughs> I think I said it yesterday. Oh, really? And and it basically is is around... Carl, you may not remember this, but you got me on IM like a year ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And you said the F word numerous times because you couldn't figure out what version of Visto and what version of Office to to use Together. for a particular solution. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And I'm like, if Carl Franklin can't figure this out, you know it's broken. And, and that's a challenge. There are three versions of Office. There are now four versions of Visto uh in 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 that permutation is pretty darn difficult in in some cases mm. you know not every in in the office team it, it, to their credit uh it was brilliant in in what it was the early it's probably 2002 when they put in the hooks for dot net in office 2003 they did it in 2002 just brilliant idea so the visto team jumped on that well now i mean the hooks are there uh, Office fourteen. Oh God, it's going to be so .NET programmable. It's going to be great. Totally extensible. Awesome. We'll finally be able to do things in Outlook and Exchange, which are two black boxes in themselves. So I'm kind of encouraged. You know, as time goes on, these tools and this plumbing gets better and better.
2: And of course, the applications that people are writing are getting more and more interesting too. Do you find that it's uh, it's easier for the the business people to to, to to use this stuff or the script writers
3: to use Visto yeah no
2: because it's v- .NET so the VBA guys are still not uh, oh
3: not oh there? I see where you're going with this the VBA programmer guys yeah, yeah. um actually yes it is that the Microsoft has done a pretty darn good job not only in guidance. But in tools for the VBA folks mm. um, to light up VBA. VBA isn't going anywhere. It's not being obsoleted. There's just yeah. too much code running, and there's like VB programmers. There's legions of these people out here. Right.
1: But they did say that they're not uh, they're not selling VBA to anybody else anymore. Right. Yeah. Right, but right, it's right. not. They're not taking away support for it. So if you've got VBA incorporated in your app, da 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 da, that's always going to be there. But they're just they're stopping the continued spread of it.
3: Right, right. So, um kind of along the lines, you know, I've been extolling the virtual the virtues of, of Visto here and I'm I'm good news, bad news type of guy. There there are some kind of nasty spots. Deployment is still pretty tricky because you're living within office and the the attack surface for viruses is just so huge. Yeah. You know, I mean you can attach your assembly to an email message. I mean, how how big an attack surface is that? So yep. the click once is still a bit tricky, and and we're not going to see. Well, if a company like the big book company or the big auction company wanted to build a Visto app that you know leveraged their own services, they'd have to build their own security model around it. Um, you know, which would take some significant engineering. Uh, and, and and in all honesty, you're not going to build.net .NET apps that manifest themselves in Excel mm. all the time, maybe maybe even a portion of the time. So, you know, it's not like these technologies are replacing WPF or WinForms or ASP.NET or things like that. So,
4: hmm.
3: But it is one more tool for our toolbox, and, and God, it's powerful.
1: The whole other can of worms here is the entire 64-bit thing. I don't think we see any horizon for Office in the 64-bit platform, and so Visto's got the same problem.
3: So here, here's something interesting. Um, I had uh, I was in the bar last night, of course, and <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm uh, I meet some guys on the Excel team. I, I've never met anybody on the Excel product team, right? Have you wow. guys? Have know. you guys
1: never no. met a guy from the Excel team?
3: Yeah, and and the rumor has been for years that Excel is one gazillion line, like forty five million lines of assembler. I wow. mean, that's been the rumor for years, right? <laughs> so I said to these guys, "Is it true? Is is it really one big assembly language nightmare?" And you know what their answer was? Number one, not anymore, really. We've had to redo a lot of the assembler for 64-bit. Huh. Right. And number two, the code is still in there. We just commented it out.
4: Swear oh! To God. Swear oh, to God. my God! Isn't that
3: hilarious?
1: There's, <laughs> oh like, God.
3: millions of lines of commented assembly language in Excel.
1: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I love that
3: shit. And the reason they do it is... Because sometimes an algorithm doesn't work, and they have to figure out why. And they knew yeah. it used to work in assembler.
1: Right. Well, and, and Excel is so old that, and people forget this. Microsoft, you know, was late to the game with Excel. Lotus One Two Three had beaten Multiplan hands down. Had yeah. Pounded. Multiplan. But don't yeah. you think that code base should have changed a little since then? I mean. But you you know, you know, the whole feet new feature mindset, you just never replace code. <laughs>
3: I just think that's so interesting.
1: Interesting it's unbelievable. Yes.
3: that even the world's biggest and greatest software company would do something that we'd do. <laughs> just leave a bunch <laughs> of shit in there and comment it out.
1: Well, it's an interesting thing to think about working on a project that's on version fourteen. Yeah. Right. Well, actually
3: it's thirteen. Good. Okay. They called it 14 because they were afraid 13 was unlucky. That, that's another thing that's <laughs> just mind they,
1: they wouldn't want any bad luck
2: around office. Are you yeah.
3: serious? Do you see the irony in this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we comment assembler code, but we're scared of a number. <laughs>
3: exactly. I love that. This is just great Microsoft gossip. You just can't get anywhere else but on your show.
4: <laughs> oh.
3: Wow. Now, you realize somebody's going to yell at me for for spewing all this stuff. Well, oh, of course, if they were here, oh, well. they would say it's not
2: Anything that we're superstitious, laughs. it's that our customers are superstitious. There you yeah. Go. yeah. Which could huh. also be true. I don't want to play into that.
1: Tim, you're involved in the community in a lot of interesting ways. I mean, obviously, you're regional director, which you've been, you're one, one of the old regional directors.
3: Yeah, I can't believe you guys haven't kicked me
2: out yet. You guys? Like, we run the program? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs>
1: uh, but, and also, you've been, you're like, you've been, you were one of the first certified professionals, like, way back.
3: Where are uh, you getting this stuff? That is actually true. My, my, my... uh MCP number is uh, like 165. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Right? Like- Isn't that funny? That's how old I am. <laughs> and it was before the campus on Redmond existed. I flew up here. It was um, 1990. I wow. flew up here when, uh, you know, you know the old building where Microsoft was when, you know, it was like 250 people in yeah, the company? Yeah, the Redmond campus. Yeah, it was in Bellevue. And I, I took this test in... Um, um, the Sybase product, what was the version of SQL that was Sybase? 4.2? 4.2?
1: Yes. Yeah, 4.2. SQL Server
3: 4-2. 4.2. Yeah, I took a couple tests. I probably flunked them, but back then they didn't care. And they said, you're certified, and gave me the blessing. And, uh, you know, back then we are doing Novell, you know. Yeah,
4: <laughs> we were, right. we were
3: We were Fox Pro. It was
1: Clipper and Novell one. <laughs>
4: Yeah. and
2: Clipper. All right. Uh, <laughs> notice to all FoxPro programmers: I did not laugh at that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I learned object-oriented programming
3: from Visual FoxPro. They have a beautiful object model. So, in their defense, but in any event, what the hell was I talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm. I have a. I think I still have it. My Microsoft Certified Professional card in SQL Server four uh, two, number one sixty five. And and now I was told they're in millions,
1: right? If you get yeah, certified, yeah, it's Like two million. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? That's how old I am. Uh and also are you you were early into the into the uh Microsoft certified partner program too.
3: Yeah. Uh you know, that we've always had good work um in the industry, right? So when when I went to college and a lot of my buddies had to move back home because they didn't have jobs, but if you're a programmer, you can always find some work. So yeah, I've worked I worked at a partner uh um many many moons ago. There are some Microsoft employees that I've known for 20 years. Wow. 25 years. Oh my goodness. I've got kids that work for me that don't know that you used to have to embed Epson escape codes in your fox code to get
1: the printer to bold, right? They, they have no concept of that. They, well, they've probably got... never seen a dot matrix printer for that matter. Right.
3: Exactly. They have no concept of the printing or how you get it for free
2: and why. And... I- I've got shoes older than these kids. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and they're all freaking brilliant, smart guys and gals too, which really pisses me off. <laughs> uh,
1: so uh, uh, what other groups are you working with these days? You were involved in .NET from the very beginning. Do you, uh... Oh, like in Redmond? Yeah. So I see where you're
3: going with this. As you get, the, the byproduct of getting old is you, you become overhead and you become a figurehead. And I sit on a lot of councils in, in Microsoft. Uh, so I'm on the .NET Partner Advisory Council,
2: which is really fun. You know, what do you guys um, do in this situation like that?
3: Well, they actually, they, it's great. They march the product teams in front of us, and they do roadmap stuff, which is which I'm totally into. So, like, I saw a build of Rosario a year ago. And Are we allowed to talk about Rosario? Yep, it, I think so. It is so freaking cool. I mean, doing that the, from a business analyst perspective, just that part of the product. So I want to scope an app. I'm a business analyst. I want to storyboard it. And I do it all in Visual Studio. It is so sweet. Wow. It is going to hurt its competitor. And, and let's face it, there are some beautiful pieces of software that own that space of the life cycle, you know. So, um, they do that, you know, every once in a while, one of the big wigs come speak to us, Sanjay or Gates or whoever, and, and, you know, talks about the future and what they're thinking. I mean, without getting, you, And in .NET, you can pretty much speculate where we're going. Yeah. Right? The the WPF, Silverlight, ASP.NET, AJAX, the whole
1: thing is going to converge. It's funny how you're all the client technologies. When I think about where .NET's going, I think about BizTalk and the whole web services model and uh, the whole workflow model, all of the enterprise infrastructure for handling that. That's
3: because you're a real
1: engineer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I don't and think with the technology at all. World, I think how am I going to store and deploy and manage data? Yeah.
3: See, in my world, Richard, you are going to be, you people are going to build something and obsolete yourselves because we're just going to get that for free, right? You know, ultimately, in ten years from now. You're a COBOL programmer.
1: (laughs) And it's going to be awful. I was a COBOL programmer. I got over it. I'll be doing (laughs) something else 10 years from now.
3: Uh... Oh, yeah. You're going to be on the client
1: side 10 years from now. You're going to come over to the dark side where I live. (laughs) The funny thing about your taps is they need my plumbing.
3: And I'm going to get your plumbing for free, and I'm not going to have to pay $500 an hour for one of you super genius software architect guys. Right.
1: I'm going to enjoy you being wrong.
4: (laughs) No, I often am.
3: I've had a lot of predictions in my time that haven't come true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the death of the Internet.
1: (laughs) Hasn't died yet. Hasn't died. I heard rumor you're involved with Surface as well. Now, There's a show I'd like to get. I would love to talk about that. Okay. I think we're allowed to talk about it, too. Sure. Well, they're talking about it.
3: Well, I mean, here, here's, here's the... Ch- I love I love the idea. I love this. WPF, and it runs on a table. Yeah. yeah. And how beautiful is that? Oh, and by the way, you don't use a mouse. And it knows when you walk up to it. I mean, it, this is great stuff. Great stuff. So, yeah, we are, we're involved. Um, we're trying to get a real customer, but we... You know, I'm gonna, I sit on their advisory board. The, the trick with Surface, kind of like the Xbox, it, it was run completely separate from the core of Microsoft. Right. So they had no, you know, yeah, I had to be critical of them, that were, but they really screwed up. They didn't have any developer partners
4: hmm.
3: out the gate. So their developer partners are like the hardware companies who are building the components. Right. Right. Bad model. So finally they figured things out and you know got us, us .NET folks involved and uh really all this thing is is a, is a beautiful platform for WPF that by the way has as um what makes it tricky is you've got what do they call it multiple input something or other. Multi multitouch.
1: There.
3: Yeah. So you're are threading models and and things like that you know cuz you could have two users poking at the thing at the same time. Yep. Doing right? totally just,
1: different things.
3: Oh, the paradigm. Just just conceptualizing what the hell to do, you know, and reacting to events and raising events and all that stuff. It's the stuff that makes, you know, the brilliant people at a Internology, it, it, they love this stuff. It's a little above me. You know, I, I can still <laughs> barely understand why WPF is triangles. You know how <laughs> WPF is all about triangles? I don't get it. I, why, why does it have to be triangles? Polygons. I do not get that. That's
2: polygons. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But right. you're well, right. I mean, the big thing that, that I go crazy on with Surface is multiple users simultaneously doing multi-touch to a given uh, object. So, you know, two fingers to make the image get bigger or shrink it or rotate it. That whole concept is a very different viewpoint. And then you throw in the I drop my cell phone on it and off the Bluetooth thing goes. And And figuring out that if I drop two cell phones on it, I want to start interchanging data between them. It's like a big yeah, but, iPhone. But
3: as you walk up to it, it it recognizes your Bluetooth in your cell phone, so it knows you're coming. right? And and starts it starts preparing itself for hey, you.
1: Hey, Richard, you want to you touch me? <laughs> <laughs> but I got to think the logical customers for this out of the gate is going to be Las Vegas. The high-end yep. hotels so, should go okay, nuts so, for this. So there's where we get a little bit NDA. So one might speculate that the gambling
3: industry is drooling at these
4: things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so not not for selecting from a menu here, but rather Kino purchases.
3: Yeah, and believe it or not, Internology has some gaming customers. Really? We're building WPF slot machine type things. Wow. Totally sweet stuff. You know, they've got all the math done. That was done in the 50s, right? So now it's all about user interfaces, Richard. <laughs> 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 and usability. Uh, Can you I, the usability I, on Surface, you
1: know, have two teenagers bang on the thing. Oh, without I a mean, doubt. Yeah. I, I. But you, you're right. It's got to have the .dot .NET interface to it. You've got to be able to get to this as uh, using the existing programming environments we've got. There's no reason it couldn't. Sure, you're going to have to put some rules in place, but that this product will not succeed without great development. And I, so, I could not it agree
3: more. It, it would have died a nasty death had we not had a .NET beautifully packaged interface to it. Yeah, Because but, it's all about apps. And if you can't build apps on the thing, no one's going to pay, what do they cost, like $4,000 or something? Uh, oh, wow, it I'll 10. buy it
1: closer to ten yeah. out the
3: gate. Okay, well, no one's going to pay $10,000 for a table unless you can do beautiful apps on it.
1: Yeah. Yep. But I uh, I think the, the interesting thing here, I think, with Surface is we finally define something between the three foot and the ten foot interfaces. Yeah. This is that's this a good sits point. in between those two. And I can see Surface playing a huge role in the uh media space. You'll still have your T V up on the wall, but you'll have this sitting in front of it. Yeah, you think it's gonna be in the home or in the business oh, or I think it'll absolutely be in the home. You do. I take I do one too. today. I, I, I do
3: too. I think it's gonna be in the home when the, the cost becomes uh when the cost comes down and makes it legitimate. Uh, but picture like a hospital. You Hospitals know all the the work cool. we've done in three D in in healthcare Strips. and life sciences. Yeah. Imagine a doctor just putting his finger on what with, with a virtual corpse and turning it in three D and hmm. peeling back the skin with his hands and I mean, the potential for this is huge, and it's .NET, so it won't be
2: that hard to build these
1: apps. In a teaching situation, it sounds exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. And then get in, look at later generations. Make make this smaller. To heck with the table. Give me the the um, placemat sized version. How about the holographic projection version? Ooh.
2: How about the
3: dashboard in your car version?
2: <laughs> <Ooh>.
1: <laughs> I just, you get, you get to that whole thing. I really like the idea of trip planning from this, that I drop my cell phone onto the t- surface. I start looking through maps and marking off things that are important to me. All of the results of this end up in my phone. Then I wander to my car. My car picks it up and knows what it needs to nav and who to call.
2: I like the whole idea of the, uh, the photos and music and all that kind of stuff. You just set your cell phone down on or your iPod or whatever down on it and all your stuff spills out onto the table and then you can just move them around and, you know, move them to the different devices that you want. That's very cool. And I, I can, I can see wanting to buy music that way as well or even videos to walk up and to a kiosk. WPF. That has To walk up to a kiosk that has every movie known to man, you know, browse them, and then just sort of drag them onto your device.
3: Okay, so um, I just thought of another um, interesting tidbit that uh, somebody from the WPF team told me yesterday. Can I tell you guys?
4: Sure. You guys probably
3: know this. I, I was floored by this. Uh, you know, that there is some challenge in learning at WPF. Not only is the paradigm different with XAML split out from the, the .NET code and such, but it, it's it's pretty big. So did you know, and you probably knew this, but um, two things. Number one, did you know that the, as far as API is concerned, just the surface of the interface, WPF is bigger than ASP.NET and WinForms put together? Wow. wow. So, so you no, know that concept of like a Win32 programmer? Remember those people? Yeah, yeah. And they used to memorize interfaces because there were thousands of them, and that made them really smart. Doctor Gooey, you, <laughs> you can't memorize. Well, hopefully, people won't try and memorize the entire WPF interface. So um, that is a little bit scary. That was kind of sobering for me. Like, holy cow. You know, so guidance and tools and all this stuff in the ecosystem like Telerik, is going to be intensely important for this. And then the other thing is, and you guys know this. I know that WinForms is done. Right. It, it was done two and a half years ago. That the version of WinForms we have now will not be improved. They may fix a bug here and there, but you know what is that .NET two five Yeah. WinForms two point oh. That's it. Yeah. So I tell these audiences, like it or not, hard or easy, cool or not, you will be doing this.
1: But I do and, think that we will see, in the next couple of years, a wind forms the WPF converter. There's no reason not to do it. It's completely viable. Build it, please. No, thank you. <laughs> but I need and, that. Yeah.
3: I mean, I flail at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to figure out this stuff. And then I go talk to, you know, the, the the devs in the company, and they explain things. and sh-
1: Man. And then you know why you don't feel like you know anything.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying to figure shit out.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. What about it? Yes. Yes. Well, I,
1: I figured out that I can get Tim Huckabee to any conference I want as long as I can find a decent fly fishing river or a decent place to snowboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. now
3: commonly known that that used to be kind of a, a amusing secret about me, but th- there is no doubt anymore that if you want me to speak at your user group, uh, I will turn it into a snowboarding or fly fishing trip. And since Microsoft pays for me to do, for, do it, then it's a beautiful thing. So uh, I spoke at, where did I, where was I? In Phoenix.
2: Now, where's the fly fishing and snowboarding in Phoenix?
3: Well, last week, uh, last week, like Wednesday, after I was done with my presentation, I hopped in my rental car and I went fly fishing in Sedona by trouncing through two feet of snow. Not only did I not catch a fish, I didn't see a fish. I didn't even see bugs. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. No, it was a totally beautiful place. I had a great time. You know, I'm, I'm a wannabe nature guy. Um, but, yeah, this, I spoke at the, the Boulder.net user group the other day. You know, total boondoggle. I told the, the, the user group leader, yeah, sure, I'd love to come out. Uh, how close are you to Vail? <laughs> um, so, so, you know, remember Joe Shirey, you know, one of those yeah. RDs that turned to the, the dark side, yeah. Joe was there, and and uh, yeah, I spoke to the user group, next day I'm on the slopes Beautiful It's a tough life, isn't it? Actually, you know, it's not all fun and games,
1: <laughs> let's
3: face it it's not all about software snowboarding and fly fishing. But, yeah, you've uh,
2: got to have drinking in there, too. It, well,
3: that, too. It, 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 there is, you know, a fair amount of boondoggles in my life these days. And football. So, Richard, what is the deal with, are we allowed to talk in personal terms on your show? What, what's the deal with Bulgaria and and Amsterdam and...
1: Back back. Uh, I think we've got – all three of us are going to both shows, and I think so everything is settled now that uh, the, the SDC conference is the 6th and 7th of, of October, and then there's a, a, a speaker's tour as usual on the Wednesday, and the Bulgaria show, DevReach, is the following week. However, Richard has planned a little excursion for us. Well, you know. Uh, so the following week is uh, the 13th and 14th of October, and there might even be something happening on the 15th. We're still working out the whole agenda. But there's this realization that since we're going to be in Europe, there makes no sense to fly home and then fly back. So if we're going to have those four days, we got to do something. And I've already been all over Western Europe, so I really want to do more of Eastern Europe. So my thought was, as soon as the party's over in Amsterdam, we hop on a plane, we fly to Sofia. We jump in some cars, and I mean several, and drive to the Black Sea. Because I, I really want it, to see the Black which, Sea.
3: Which one of you two is convincing Kelly?
1: Oh, no, that's <laughs> that's my job. I'm the spousal persuader. I'll do okay, that. Okay, so you call my wife and get it <laughs> all And then we'll out. pop up north from there and take a swing through Romania. I'd really like to check out some Bucharest and, and some of that area, and we'll get back in time for the DevReach conference in uh, Sophia and do a great show there. Love it. Yep.
3: I'm Should in. As you were talking, I was screwing with my calendar. So basically, we're talking the 3rd of October for 10 days.
1: Uh, yeah, that makes sense. You fly out on the 3rd, which puts you there on Saturday the 4th, so you have one day to acclimate uh, and and party. And then 6th and 7th is going to be the main body conference in SDC, and that's in Norweigerhut this year, which is closer to Amsterdam. Yeah, so it's it's in a new location this year, which is in a town rather than out in the wilderness. Oh, cool. So, so that's kind of nice.
2: Tim, it's been fun, as always. Love to have you on the show. Too bad you couldn't think of any great uh, anecdotes at the last minute, but, you know, you can't Oh, I
3: thought confused. of plenty of them. I just, they're not <laughs> polite enough for your audience.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we we have the power of the bleep, so it's quite all right. As long as nobody gets hurt. No? Not going to go for no, it? No, <laughs> no.
4: Okay. no. All
2: right. Well, we'll see you uh, soon, I think, at Dev Connections, right? Yeah. Great to talk to you, boys. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.